warm welcome to this uh, brand new episode of the developer tech talk and today we have a special guest he's been working in the industry for 25 years warm welcome Bjorn Eriksson thank you very much Woo! thank you <laughs> <laughs> so nice to have you here yeah thank you for having me yeah we, we are so looking forward to, to having this conversation and as always, when we have this conversation, we, we kind of start with your background and then we build it back. Uh, so, so, so we can just kick off and I'm, yep. I'm going to summarize it and then we go back in time uh, as always. So you started at SAS, correct? Exactly. And then you went to Shiraf. Yeah. And then you went to a, a little bit bigger consultancy organization, Connecta. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, you you decided to go to Microsoft, bigger company. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh -huh. exactly. And then maybe a little bit bigger company, AWS, yep. Amazon. So start. Why why SaaS from the beginning? <clears throat> so um, it was actually back to when I studied at the university. Um, we had one of these uh, fairs where the companies came and sort of introduced themselves, and I didn't really know much about the working environment in Stockholm or something like that. But uh, working for an airline company sounded like an interesting thing. So I basically went to an interview. This was 98, and I told them, well, I don't know anything. So, And they were <laughs> like, no, it's no problem. We'll teach you, no problem. So that was my first job, to start as a developer at uh, SAS Coding Visual Basic. Yeah. Did, did you get a lot of discount on tickets? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You had, uh, <laughs> at, at that time at least, you had something called ID tickets. Yeah. So you could travel based on availability for uh, a large discount. Yeah. That, so that was a good benefit. Yeah. So did you, you know, I'm just curio curious mm. here. So when you did this interview uh, with them, did you have to do like they do today, like choke code out? Probably you didn't because no, you didn't at know that time, anything. no, not at oh. all, uh, not at all. And I, I had very limited coding experience. I mean, I had, um, I had done a couple of courses at university, but not yeah. not real life coding. Okay. Uh, so uh, there was nothing like that. I don't really remember how the interviews were, but I remember going to Stockholm, going to interviews, and and then it was sort of done. A little bit uh, nervous, I guess. Uh, for sure, for yeah. sure. <laughs> it felt like a really big city coming from the north of Sweden down to Stockholm. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it felt pretty big. At the time, and then you decided, "Hell, I have enough of this um, uh, company." You decided to go to consultancy. What, why, why uh, consultancy back then? So for me, it it felt like a, a sort of natural step, and and going into consultancy, I would say, is one of the best things that I've done. Such yeah. a good school in sort of understanding how to work with customers, how to face new situations, you get thrown out into something completely new and you sort of have to make a sense of it and then start delivering and sort of getting to know people and understand how how do I fit into this sort of new environment and, and uh, be productive as soon as possible. Because yeah, exactly. as a consultant, you always have this sort of, they are paying for every <laughs> exactly. hour that I'm here. Exactly. And I mean, this is also something that, that could stress me also later in, in my career that in the beginning of an assignment, you're you're never productive in the beginning. You're exactly. there to learn and you sort of, um, and, and that's a bit of a tricky part for a consultant, but it was a really good school. Um, yeah. So yeah, for me, it was a, um, a great step to move away from, from uh, the sort of line developing yeah. internal systems to go into consultancy. And uh, so it was a great opportunity that I had to join uh, Giraffe or giraffe? Yeah, giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you 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 
came to a customer and basically you you were coding or were you doing any kind of uh, project management? No, or? at that time I was a coder. Okay. So I was uh, developing in, in Visual Basic for a couple of years until Microsoft released .NET. And I was pretty early on the .NET track and sort of went into first VB.NET, but then yeah. into C Sharp as, as okay. my sort of, um, what, what became my mother tongue, so to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but Quiraf was also a really small company. So when I joined, there were three owners and I was the first employee and ah. we grew to say 10, 15 people while I was there. Um, yeah. But then I moved on to a, a, a little bit bigger consultancy company yeah. in Connecta. Yeah. Yeah, and what did you do at Connecta? Did you do the same thing? Or? So I started with the same thing, uh, and then <coughs> there was uh, one of my colleagues who went on paternity leave. Um, yeah. So that opened up an opportunity to take over as uh, manager for the team. So mm -hmm. that was my first manager experience. So, but being a consultant in a company like that, you also had um, 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 you needed to invoice hours. Yeah, um, exactly. So, uh, so I was, I was exactly. So I was um, combining being an architect and, mm. um, uh, and a manager for the team uh, yeah. at that time. Cool, cool. And then, and then I guess Microsoft came knocking on your door, or did you knock on Microsoft door? Well, it it it, it was an ad that I applied to, yeah. um, but I had started working with the evangelist department at uh, Microsoft for for a couple of years. So doing as a sort of partner to Microsoft, but doing a lot of. Uh, public speaking and, and doing events and stuff like that together with the evangelist for uh, for Microsoft. And then they had an ad open for a uh, platform evangelist, as, as it was called. Were they to did they tell you to apply for it? No, <laughs> no, no, you found no. it out yourself. Okay. <laughs> no, cool. I found it myself. So yeah. they had a, a pretty clear uh, not recruiting from partners yeah. uh, policy. So yeah. it, was, yeah. it was on my Got initiative. Got it. And then AWS. And then AWS, I spent uh, 11 years with Microsoft. So I was yeah. there for a pretty long time in, in different roles, uh, both manager roles, um, business developer, and also technical evangelist. Yeah. Uh, and sort of following the whole cloud journey. Yeah. Um, and of course, competing a lot with AWS. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was really nice to get that opportunity to also, to now join AWS uh, one year ago. Yeah. Um, cool. I also wanted to come back to management. So the last couple of years at Microsoft, I was not the manager and I wanted to be a manager. So now I'm running a team of cloud solution architects um, uh, with um, AWS. Yeah. Sorry, I, ru I rushed past Microsoft. You no. met each other at Microsoft. Yes, exactly. We, we exactly. did. We, we had a couple several, of years. Several years together. Yeah. Uh, so it was a, a good time uh, working together. and. Uh, that that's one one of the reasons why um, we invited you as a guest because I know the experience you have and that is something we would like to share with our listeners uh, the experience and that, that that is the purpose of, of this. Uh, we pod. actually have viewers now as well. Yeah, so that that is just uh, amazing getting it uh, uh, on, on video as well. So, uh, but um, me. Um, also working uh, at uh, um, uh, Microsoft, uh, I heard rumors that you, you actually did, uh, um, uh, what was it called when you did, uh, you were in the car, video uh, filming and put it on YouTube, uh, what, 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 what did you call it? So you, you're, you're a celebrity, right? Already. <laughs> oh, <come on>. so. <laughs> we had very few viewers, so, so it wasn't that big, but uh, me and a colleague did a series that we called Startup Cab. So what we did was that we, um, uh, we interviewed entrepreneurs in 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 the car, basically. Uh, so the the sort of idea was that we pick you up somewhere and we drive you somewhere. And while we have this 
10-15 minutes we interview you about startup life basically how is it to be an entrepreneur so you had like cameras in the in the exactly. car in exactly the back okay exactly cool. wow so everything from sort of one person to filling the back seat with three four entrepreneurs if there were s- several yeah. several uh, founders of the company and um so we did uh, i think one and a half season and then uh, yeah it yeah. takes a lot of time to do it but it was a lot of fun How was it driving and interviewing at the same time? I, I guess you don't drive into central Stockholm. Uh, uh, we were driving in the central Stockholm <laughs> most <laughs> of the time. So. <laughs> no, but, it, but it, I mean, it was just sort of having a conversation. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, so it, it worked pretty good. Um, but you also sort of, I mean, you have a guest there for a reason, uh, mm. not to put myself in, in, in any different yeah. position here, but it's also really important to ask the question and then there to be silent not yeah. to take too much time yourself and then sort of just let them speak um and let them be in focus and we have a little bit to learn there sometimes mm. okay. so no <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but it makes yourself. it easier yeah. also for me uh, yeah. if you are talking yeah. a lot yeah, but, but so we are two right stop. so yeah. we divide the time uh, equally right yeah, exactly uh, uh, so, so so fantastic and i know you've been as a working as an architect and managing architects and um what can you uh, we've been talking uh, about developers developers that is new to to the role and uh, what what is your, your key learnings uh, that you would like to to share to developers that uh, uh, is starting their career and uh, saying okay what 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 should they do what should they don't do mm. Mm. that's a good question um what what i would say is the most important thing is to be open to learn Uh, I mean, really explore and look at all these opportunities that are out there. There is so much to learn. Um, I mean, each if you take each cloud provider, they have so much opportunities to, if we just look at, and that's just one part. And uh, there is so much to learn from from each of these. And also, if you take the the whole work or the craftsmanship of being a developer, you could also be an app developer or a front end developer. Or, but just sort of be open to all of these inputs in the beginning and mm-hmm. to sort of not decide too early what you want to focus on uh, and then just go and explore and, and have fun because it is a lot of fun uh, for sure. And what, what do you uh, think? Because uh, when I used to be a developer myself uh, back in the days uh, and it was so much learnings. And how much time do you think a developer should spend on learning compared to actually mm. doing? Because uh, you, you mentioned uh, you got 180 services or plus uh, so And that is just for AWS, and then uh, maybe use uh, uh, others. It's a lot of things to to learn. Mm. How much should a developer uh, learn? Should they uh, do everything in the evening? Should uh, what is what's a good ratio? Uh, learning on job, of course, but yeah. Uh, I mean, for for me, I would say that the best thing is, of course, if you can learn on the job. Um, a lot of developers also have it as their interest uh, although i i really talk to the people that i hire and the t- the people in my team about having this work life balance yeah. i mean it's a it's a buzzword but it's so important mm. um and and for me the most important part is to understand that it might be intense for a period of time but if you know that this intense period of time will come then plan for how will i recover after it and even if that recovery comes every week or every day or maybe after a month but you mm. have to have recovery yeah. i mean i think that we all can sort of put a lot of effort into it and to sort of uh, sometimes 
I, I work evenings, I work uh, weekends and so forth. But then I can also say, okay, Monday morning, I'm, I'm not going to come to work until lunch because I need to recover. If yeah. I knew there was a deadline yeah. on Sunday and I needed to deliver something, then sort of remember to have that recovery. And also recovery is, is individual. I mean, some people recover reading a book, some go yeah. out running, some want to do traveling or whatever, but, but do what works for you to be able to to recover um and then sort of finding that balance okay when do i learn yeah um, i mean first of all find a company that also invests in your learning yeah, uh, yeah. so that you have the time not only sort of to do uh, product work or development work but also to be able to take the time uh, to learn i think that is super important I maybe have... easier said than done but yeah, uh, yeah still yeah, important yeah. i have one question there continuing uh, you know you mentioned that you've been in a lot of consultancy and uh, so so my question is this so when you arrive at the customer new developers who are coming out to you or to your do you have any key takeaways what you should focus on you know how can i immerse myself and be productive as a uh, developer coming into your first day of work at uh, company x yeah as a consultant. I mean curiosity is is super important I would yeah. say to be to be open to um uh, it, it is intense. I yeah. mean coming out the first week you will be you will be more tired than than ever before sort so of recovery to, is really recovery important. is yeah, also yeah. there important understanding that this start will be intense so how yeah. do I how do I plan for that? Mm. Uh, staying curious, um, asking questions, meeting people, uh, don't be too shy but really to sort of open up and say, hey, I, I don't understand this. Can you explain it to me? Mm. And um, that was, of course, easier when we were meeting more people face to face. Yeah, it is a bit trickier with with online. And uh, and um, there has been definitely a shift there. Now we're sort of maybe shifting a little bit back to to meeting more in person. Um, but um, but yeah, curiosity and, and not being afraid to ask is uh, yep. be my because I mean, develop, being a developer or an architect is kind of a craftsmanship. So you would like, be, and yeah. we are kind of in a knowledge space where our knowledge is valuable. So when you find a knowledge ga uh, gap, it's kind of a difficult, right? To if you're not really senior, then you're not afraid of asking, but you don't want to expose that you don't know these things that maybe you are expected as consultant. Mm. How do you handle those? How, how should I, as a new developer, handle those situations? You think? I think that the the most important part there is to understand that this sort of imposter syndrome that that a lot of us have yeah. is also something that will not go away. I mean, I'm mm. 25 years into the business when joining AWS last, uh, I mean, I joined one year ago now. Last summer, I was doing a development project, sort of an internal process that we mm. have that everybody, every new employee goes through. And I was building, uh, building a, a proof of concept. Yeah. And I was like, I, I should be able to build this, I should be able to do this. And I was sitting with it for hours and hours and I was like, I, I can't get it to work. And <laughs> yeah. who, should, who should I, no, I can't contact anybody because I have to. Yeah. So even with 25 years of experience, you still have this sort of, mm. if I call that person, they will know that I'm a fake <laughs> and I will, uh, okay, I need to go for a walk. And then sort of coming back and trying yeah. again and okay. Mm. New energy coming in and then sort of solving it. Um, but this is something that, that I meet a lot also with, especially with early in career. Um, they uh, they come into the company and they might come directly from school or from one to three years experience. And mm -hmm. and uh, 
they feel this sort of weight on their shoulders of expectations yep. and to sort of talk through that and explain also sharing my stories that I feel the same. I mean, yeah. it might not be encouraging to know that this is something that I will deal with for 25 years, but, <laughs> but it's also, it's also taking away a bit of the weight uh, yeah. from that person to understand that, okay, this, this is something that I have to work with. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something that most people feel and something that I have to work through to, uh, to get there. Uh, so, Good so, answer, so, really. Yeah, uh, so, so right. Uh, yeah. So right. Uh, and and um, you're working at the hyperscaler now, and uh, you're s we're seeing every trend is uh, uh, cloud first, and uh, oh, some is actually moving away a little bit. And uh, would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about uh, what is working from an architecture point of view? What what should people do? Not do? Uh, what what is? Uh, um, failing and uh, and because uh, it's a different story writing uh, applications on prem to code just throwing it up in, in the cloud might not just uh, work so you have a ton of experience in that do you want to share it to, to yeah. the viewers and listeners absolutely um i think that sort of coming from an on-premises world you often had these sort of constraints already from the beginning. It might be that you had a database and no matter what you did, you had to store everything in that database, regardless if if the data was, was graph-based or if it was uh, just file storage or if it was uh, relational storage or documents, you threw everything in the same database and, and you just sort of had to deal with that. Mm. Um, one of the big benefits of going into the cloud is that you have this sort of plethora of services that you can pick and choose from to choose what is best for for the purpose. Uh, so for instance, we, we talk a lot about at the moment or in general about purpose-built databases. So thinking about what, what problem is it that I want to solve and what kind of storage is the best solution for this type of problem. Uh, it might be that I have relations, so as a, a SQL-based, relational-based database mm. is the best option for that type of data. Or if it's more documents or, or blobs or something like that to find the right type of and I think that you have so much more opportunity to do that when you have a, a, a big platform of, of different services, sort of like Lego blocks that you can, that you can pick and choose. Um, but one of the biggest challenges then is, is how do I choose and how do I choose from mm. all the different types? And, and there are a lot of ways to solve the exact same problem. And, and it might not be that one is, is much better than the other. And it, that is also something that you just have to accept that it might, not, it might be a great solution for what it looks like now. But if you build it sort of in a distributed way, in a microservices uh, fashion, so to say, so that you can choose to rebuild one part of your application without all of these dependencies and sort of change everything at the same time, mm. uh, I think that is the way that you can evolve. Um, I've also been working a lot with with startups. And um, I mean, the, the successful ones have been the ones that sort of build something and, and they are not over-architecting to say, yes, we're going to going to start in Sweden and then we're going to introduce into Germany and then we're mm. going to take uh, the US. So we need to have everything super scalable. Mm. Okay, but that might be a year from now or two years from now. So let's start with something that works for the scalability you have and let's think about where will it break if I start adding load to this? Mm. Is it the database or is it the web front or what is it? And how can we sort of make sure that that is easily changeable to something that is more scalable? So think about... Uh, the scalability that you need for now, of course, if you can build it linearly scalable from the beginning, mm -hmm. it would be good. Yeah, like but it takes for a database <laughs> platform, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it also takes more. Often, it takes more um, 
engineering yeah. or more architectural effort to do yeah. it. And, yeah. and you might have to say, well, in this time, speed is more important. We need to get something out yeah. there that works for the scale that we have today, uh, but then be confident and, and know what kind of uh, technical depth you have acquired yeah. and how to sort of get rid of that and then re-architect and, and, and continue evolving. And uh, a follow-up question on that. Um, when you did development on-prem, developers and architects, they didn't care about cost. They were only technical. Do you see it different now that the developers and architects are designing based on the cost in the cloud? Is that something you, you see? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, where you start when we, if we go back a number of years and you, you sort of already had the infrastructure. So it didn't, someone had calculated and said, this is how much this application will cost. Mm. And that was sort of the roof. That was what you, what you had. Now, when you, uh, when you do architectural decision, it's definitely, part of it is definitely cost. Um, because cost is so, it's also so evident in, if I, if I, if I tweak it like this, it will generate more cost. And also what we're seeing now is that more and more developers are also thinking about sustainability. How can I, mm -hmm. how can I not just sort of cut costs, but how can I do architectural decisions that is helping me lower my CO2 impact? Oh. Because this is also something that is coming higher and higher up on companies' agenda yep. to lower the CO, CO2 impact or to even understand what the CO2 impact is of the, uh, the infrastructure that you're, that can, you're running. Can you just, you know, I get a little bit curious. How... how how do how do you actually do that consideration as a developer or architect for CO two? Is can you just name some examples? You don't need to drop any customers. No, so no, so so one example is, for instance, uh, right sizing your architecture. Yeah. So understanding that if I have a pattern where I do a lot of uh, compute processing in the um, like business hours in Sweden or something like that, but then it goes down um, mm. nighttime and over the weekend. Mm. So how can I have an architecture that that scales from meeting my customer demand, but then going down to a minimum when I don't have customer demand. Yeah, this will have an effect, of course, on your cost. I mean, cost and sustainability yeah. or cost and CO two often goes and hand yeah, in hand. Yeah, if you yeah. can lower the cost, most likely will lower your your CO two impact. Mm. But also moving to a more uh, a more uh, uh, environmental friendly uh, infrastructure. Uh, mm. It could be serverless, for instance, where you get the benefit of the scale from the cloud provider that uh, that can sort of package your applications together with others and sort of use the infrastructure more uh, more efficiently, uh, or moving into a processor architecture that is more uh, or less CO two um, or energy consuming. Cool. That's another thing to do. I, I never thought about this uh, before, but it's, that's yeah. a great thing about uh, having learn, this podcast. Uh, <laughs> we learn so many new things. For, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and um, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, AWS. You're doing uh, a lot of events. Uh, uh, we as Couchbase will do an immersion day together with AWS. But you're also having a a, a big event, uh, AWS uh, Summit here in Stockholm. Do you want yeah, to uh, exactly. uh, um, share exactly. about uh, that? Exactly. So it will be on May 11th. Uh, we will have AWS Summit here in this in Stockholm. So it's a uh, uh, it's an event that we're running, so it's the biggest one in the Nordics, um, but we also have it in Amsterdam and in, in somewhere in Italy and Spain and so forth. So a lot of the European countries have this uh, this event. 
And it's a full day uh, with uh, breakout sessions and keynotes. Um, so we will have the person that is running the serverless team will have the keynote uh, uh, here in, in Stockholm. And uh, of course, breakouts and the opportunity to meet uh, partners and exhibitors and colleagues in, um, in the business. Uh, also an opportunity to meet uh, experts from AWS. So we will have a lot of people there on site to, to talk to people. So if you have a, a problem, you can sort of um, pull a number and, and ask for, for time with an expert and so forth. So it's going to be a really good experience. A lot of people, so I'm really looking forward to, um, to this event. For sure. Fantastic. We will be there as a sponsor as well. So uh, yes. happy to uh, meet any of the listeners or viewers in the event as well. Question. Do you have any, you know, secret uh, breakout session that you need to go and see that one? Well, I have four people from my team that is speaking. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, two of them will do one session together on purpose-built databases. Um, so that one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I have one person that will talk about MLOps together with a customer. Uh, yeah. That is also super interesting, a topic that is uh, growing in interest uh, a lot. So machine learning operations. Um, and then the last one is on advanced networking. So those are the three that I definitely will will be there. Yeah. Uh, not only because they are in my team, but also. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, and it's it's free to to, to join. Yes. So you don't think absolutely, to absolutely. No, it's a free event. Yeah. So, so, so that yeah. is. Yeah, we will uh, we will put the link up in the uh, in the. Um, uh, show notes. Yeah, uh, for, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So uh, that, that and is, and also speaking about immersion days, the week after we also have an immersion day at our office on just purpose-built databases. Okay. So that is okay. also something that. So an immersion day, uh, as you know, yeah. but it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, more hands-on events. So you bring your computer and you sort of. Uh, it's a mix of. Uh, presentation, so you get to learn a, a specific topic, and then you also get to try it out with uh, through labs, and you get an AWS account that you can use during the day and so forth. So it's a really good event for for trying out hands-on a specific topic. Yeah, it, it's, it's learning, like uh, like like we mentioned, that all developers they need to learn and get inspiration and uh, yeah, yeah, how how to do new stuff. So uh, that that is uh, a, a good strategy from you guys. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't know if we, uh, before we uh, wrap it up, if we, you would like to speak about what we're doing at Couchbase uh, in, the, in May, June. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's, uh, it's a crazy amount of events that we actually do. We, uh, we, uh, um, this week earlier, we did a meetup. It was 38 uh, developers. We're doing a burger and beer just before AWS uh, Summit, uh, the 10th. We're being a sponsor at AWS Summit. We're doing... Immersion Day in June with AWS. We do a hackathon 27th of May. You can win 10,000 Swedish kroner. Uh, not big, but uh, it's still uh, just to emphasize. Uh, we're doing NDS uh, Summit. And, yeah. uh, ah, NDS, what is that? Uh, it's a developer conference in uh, Norway uh, yep. uh, that we're doing. So it's a lot of events. Uh, just like, like this podcast, we, we're trying to build the network, showcase what we actually is doing. So it's just uh, amazing to meet all of these uh, people at the uh, event. So uh, more than welcome, just uh, uh, look at the meetups or uh, connect to us to LinkedIn and we'll get an invite uh, to you. So perfect. Uh, Good. Thank you so much for uh, having us or coming to us. <laughs> Thank you we for are having you. <laughs> you're, you're not in his taxi. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's How good. did it feel uh, yeah. coming here? Uh, yeah. Oh, it was really good. Really yeah. good. I was yeah. a bit nervous before, but yeah. um, you, you did made well. It, you made it feel comfortable. Yeah, so you did well. Good. 
Thank you. Did very well. Thank you. Perfect. So with that, I would like to uh, thank our uh, um, uh, viewers, listeners uh, uh, for another uh, episode uh, of Developer Tech Talk. Uh, we will be back. So if you have any uh, suggestion of uh, who do you want to have as a guest next, just give us a, a, a LinkedIn uh, message.